Welcome once again to Advance, an NCEES podcast series. I'm your host, Davey McDowell, Chief Operating Officer at NCEES, and I'm really excited to get the chance today to talk to a colleague of mine, Jason Gamble. Jason is the Chief Officer of Examinations for NCEES, and in this episode, he'll give us an update on NCEES exams. Specifically, he'll give us an in-depth look at the transition of the PE civil exam and the PE structural exam to computer-based testing. We'll see how they're going and what to expect moving forward. Jason is a native of Georgetown, South Carolina, and prior to becoming Chief Officer of Examinations last year, he served as an NCEES exam development engineer for 10 years, where he managed the development of four PE exam disciplines. He has over 12 years experience in design engineering for private practice and for the South Carolina Department of Transportation. Jason holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Civil Engineering from Clemson University and is a licensed professional engineer. He is a member of the American Society of Civil Engineers, the National Society of Professional Engineers, the Structural Engineering Institute, and the Theta Tau Professional Engineering Fraternity. Thanks again for listening to our podcast today. Let's jump right in and talk with Jason. Well, welcome, Jason. Uh, today's topic of conversation is exams. It's going to be talking a little bit about the, the overall examination program of NCWS, but also talking more specifically in terms of the structural examination and its transition over to a computer-based test. So uh, welcome, and I hope you're doing well. Thank you, Davey. I appreciate it. I'm doing pretty good today. I hope you are. Yes, doing great. So let's talk a little bit about kind of some exam information in general. NCWS, obviously, when you look at the name, the National Council of Examiners for Engineering and Surveying, examination is a prominent name in there. So that's mostly uh, what NCEES does. Through the past, I don't know, five, six years, NCWS has been transitioning its, its exams to a computer-based testing format. Can you give us an update on where we stand today what the future looks like, and, and how things are going. Sure, no problem. So as of today, right now, all of our exams, with the exception of one, have been transitioned to computer-based testing. Um, that includes all of the professional engineering exams, the fundamentals of engineering exam, the professional surveying exam, and the fundamentals of surveying exam. All of them at this time have been transitioned to a computer-based test with the exception of the PE structural exam. Even though they all have been transitioned with the exception of that one, some of them have yet to be administered in that format. Some of the smaller volume exams, such as control systems, they have yet to administer an exam, but they all have been transitioned up to this point. The transition has been going well. The largest of our PE exams, civil, transitioned at the beginning of this year it went fine. Those that have been um, signing up for the exam, scheduling their exams, if you will, have been coming online as we expected. We always expect a decrease in the amount of exam takers when we transition an exam to CBT. So we expect the same for civil. It remains to be seen just how much that decrease will be. We did move up the civil transition to computer-based testing essentially a year or a little bit better than a year, mostly because of the 
the pandemic and the issues with having large t- uh, test sites when we were in a paper and pencil environment where you could have thousands of people literally kind of rammed into a room taking an <laughs> exam. And, and now, yeah, and now with the ability uh, to move to computer-based testing and the testing centers themselves having social distancing already in place, some of the masking policies that are still in place, uh, depending on, I think, where where the test center is in terms of geographic location, all of those things have, have allowed NCWS to, to, to move up that transition of the civil. So again, I can see where you'd have some candidates who are, wait, I think this thing was supposed to happen in 2023, but it happened in 2022. This is true. This is true. There could be some of that because we, like you said, we may have caught them off guard a year early. They were expecting just a little bit more time to be able to take that, paper exam, but we, we were able to move that up for obvious reasons. Yeah. So one of the other things that I guess I've heard or, or read when you see comments, a lot of times deals with um, that. I, the big the big thing with converting the exams from, from NCWS in terms of moving the exam from a pencil and paper format to a computer-based format, it's not a, a flick of a switch. It's not an easy button, but basically we can take our exam and put it on computer. The big issue would come with examinees having the ability to have, to some extent, unlimited references in a paper and pencil format. All of a sudden now they're going into a CBT format that has reference materials that are provided for them. Have you got, we gotten a lot of feedback on the reference materials. How well has that gone? Is that something that we feel very pleased with in terms of user experience at the test centers? Right. You are correct. That was the biggest hurdle for us with regard to transitioning professional engineering exams. How are we going to deal with the references that everyone used to bring in? Everything from suitcases to little red wagons. We who've taken the exam, we we know this to be true. So far, very little issues regarding how we do that. We do it in two different ways now, however, with the transition of the CBT civil exam. The first way that we've always provided references since we converted our first PE exam, which was the chemical exam, is we provide a supplied reference, a standalone document that's created by NCES and its exam committees that house most of the material that a candidate would need in order to solve the problems. I say most because there is some information that we test on that candidates with four to six years of experience should know. So in other words, we you probably won't find that 12 inches equals a foot in this supplied reference. So the supplied reference is not intended to be all-encompassing, but it does contain a large amount of the information that a candidate would need in order to solve problems on their licensing exam. The other way that we now deliver codes and standards is by media deployment. That came about with the transition of the PE civil exam. The PE civil exam has so many codes and standards, things like the IBC, the International Building Code, the Steel Code, the Masonry Code, OSHA codes, just so many codes and standards that a candidate would normally need in order to take that paper exam. So we had to find a way in order to provide a candidate those exams in a digital format. I will say that it has gone over as about as smoothly as it could be. Now, with regard to the candidate experience, there's always something that needs to be improved upon. When I say that, 
it's no different than, you know, when you have errata in the paper and pencil world, they'll find a candidate will find an error or something of that nature in one of our supplied references, or perhaps something that was not scanned over or converted or optimized properly in one of our uh, media deployed references. Those kinds of things come up. We don't want them to. Inevitably, they do. But thankfully, they've been small in nature, and we've been able to handle them so far. So I would say that overall, the candidate experience with regard to us delivering references has gone very smoothly. Okay, so that's that's really a setup to the next topic, which is the, the structural exam. So the PE structural exam is a little bit of a different exam, and I'll let you, I want you to explain how it's different than the current PE, other PE exams, and maybe give a little history on that structural exam. But I can also, that, that talk that we just had about the codes and standards being a media deployment for the civil PEs, that's a big one for structural as well, too. So yes, you're right. Civil and structural, the PE civil exam and the PE structural exam are tied with regard to those references, and I'll jump into that in a little bit. But just to give a little background, a little history, so the PE structural exam and how it exists today, okay? So it came into play, it used to be two separate exams, okay? It used to be what was called the structural one and the structural two exams, and they were independent of each other. However, there were some jurisdictions that required a candidate to pass both in order to practice structural engineering in their jurisdiction. They were first offered in 1985, and both of them were constructed response or essay format. I'm going to pause right there because that's what's different about the current PE structural exam and why we've held it until last in order to transition it to CBT because it's in an essay format for part of it. So a little bit more about the history. In the early 90s, the council decided to transition those exams to objectively scored exams, multiple choice, in other words. So in, in 96, a motion was made to transition all the council exams to objectively scored. Okay, so all the exams were once essay, structure one and structure two included, and a motion was made at our annual meeting that all exams should be objectively scored. The motion was amended, however, to exclude structural one and structural two. However, later that motion was amended again to include structural one, but not structural two. Long story short, at the end of all of that, all the exams were motioned to be transitioned to objectively scored except structural two. 2007-2009 rolls around when a task force was created to study the feasibility of creating a structural exam that would be accepted by all member boards to determine minimal competence in structural engineering. There are some member boards that required the structural one and structural two. It was thought that perhaps we could come up with an exam that would be able to replace both of those and just be one exam. So that task force recommended that the content should be designed in such a manner where it would be acceptable to all jurisdictions, not just the ones who required 16 hours of examination for structural engineering. 
They also suggested that there should be a path for buildings and bridges. So now, one of the things that's interesting to note that in all of their suggestions, when they decided that here's how we should go about doing this, it didn't require that those should be essays, even though it was suggested. And in 2012, the council voted to convert all the professional exams to CBT. So what did that mean for the structural exam? Based on what I've read, based on what was said, that means it too had to transition to CBT. But wait, unlike all of the others that were objectively scored, it had an essay component, and that was going to be an issue. And that's what led us to it being the last exam to convert. So the way it exists right now, it has a lateral forces component and a vertical forces component. And a candidate has not passed the exam, and language does matter here, a candidate has not passed the exam until they have gotten acceptable results on the lateral forces and the vertical forces component. They do not have to be taken at the same time. Each one of the components, lateral and vertical, is comprised of an AM section that's multiple choice, going back to the structural one roots, and a PM section that's constructed response or essay, the structural two portion. The AM section is four hours long and is comprised of 40 multiple choice questions. The PM section is also four hours long. The PM section for bridges is comprised of three essay questions. It has two one-hour problems and one two-hour problems. And then for buildings, four essay questions, each one-hour problems, all which must be manually graded. So scores from both the AM and PM are combined in order to get your component result. However, there is a minimum score that must be achieved for each portion. In other words, you can't get a perfect score on the AM portion of your component, do nothing or not do well on your PM component and pass. And vice versa, you can't get a perfect score on your PM portion, not do well or achieve the minimum required score for the AM portion or get an acceptable result. All right, so so you brought up a couple of different points. One of them, obviously, is that history and how we've gotten to till today and current structural exam, uh, which is still going to be given in paper and pencil format for at least what two, three more administration, two more, two more years, okay, two more years to, to speak in terms of administration um, after this April, April two thousand twenty-two, uh, three more administrations. Yes, okay. So, so you've basically got about four more administrations of the exam in a paper and pencil format. Yeah. And the step through on that, how structural one and two morphed into the current PE structural exam. Let's, let's take that next step. So how, if we're going to have an essay portion of an exam, how are you going to do that in computer-based testing? The plan is that we will still have a breadth and depth section for this exam. The breadth section will be all multiple choice. Single question, single response for multiple choice. The depth section 
what we're using to replace the constructed response portion is going to be objectively scored, but it's going to use what we call AITs, alternative item types. With the use of computer-based testing, we're able to test in different ways now. And one of those ways is by using alternative item types. They include multiple choice, multiple correct. In other words, single question that has several different responses. Graphical questions such as drag and drop. Okay, we're talking about structural. Let's talk about the cross section of a retaining wall. We could have you input the dimensions for the reinforcing bars. We could actually have you place the reinforcing bars in the cross section. Hot spots, areas, for instance, to give an example, depending on where you are in the country and the seismic code, there are certain places on a column, for instance, that you're not allowed to weld, protected zones, areas that you should not place any welds or anything. Perhaps we can identify these areas now by using hotspots. And then the final alternative item type would be fill in the blank, where it's just that. We ask the question, there are no options. You tell us, a candidate tells us what the answer is by filling in the blank. So that's a seems like a really a way of getting to the point where answering that those questions that were used to be what we'd call SA into the new CBT kind of environment. How does that also shape the actual exam, though? Because you talked about a breadth section and a depth section. How many sections are we going to have to try to get to the end of this thing that I can honestly say at the end, okay, I've passed the PE structural exam? Great question. So right now, the way it exists in order to pass the exam, you must pass, you must get acceptable results on two components. And we talked about what those components are made of, an AM multiple choice and a PM constructive response. And if you do well and you get acceptable results, you have passed, you have gotten, you do well on both of those sections, you get an acceptable result on that component. However, if you don't do well on one of those sections, you will not get an acceptable result on that entire component and you start over. Well, the, the plan is because of how we're offering this exam, a candidate will still have to get acceptable results on each section. So for instance, a candidate will have to get acceptable results on four sections. When you look at vertical, you have a breadth section and a depth section, lateral, breadth, and depth. Both will be the same for building and bridges. And so in order to pass the exam, you will have to get acceptable results on four different sections. This is different from the current exam. Candidates are probably going to like this better because they're all independent of each other. Whereas before, when you looked at your lateral component, the AM and the PM were tied together. In the future, moving forward with the CBT exam, when you look at your lateral component, the breadth section and the depth section, you can achieve acceptable results independently on each one. So if you're not successful at getting those results on the breadth, that has no bearing or effect on 
your performance for the depth. They are indeed independent. So along those lines, it is different, but it's still somewhat similar. As you mentioned earlier, you couldn't bomb the AM and then blow it away in the PM and pass the exam or get acceptable results on that particular component. That's correct. So, 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 so while it, it is different, it's still, there's still some similarity there because you're going to have to, you've always had to show a certain minimum level of competence in whatever section of the structural exam you're taking. Correct. That is correct. And it's important to note that minimal competence in order to demonstrate minimal competence in breadth or depth, it has a lot to do with not just how we're testing, but what we're testing. I think it's important for candidates and everyone involved to realize that breadth or depth, specifically depth, has a lot to do with what we're testing still. And that has not changed. The specifications will not change. We are tied to the latest job analysis that led to these specifications. And so we still have to test those specifications and measure the minimal competency of the candidate based on that job analysis. All right. So we we have a, we got a little bit of a plan here in place. We know we're about two years out. We know that we're going to have the independently scored four sections of the exam. We know we're going to still be testing those things that you just mentioned in terms of the specifications of the topics on the exam. We're looking at buildings and bridges and lateral and vertical type forces. All right. So we got all those things in play. So what are some little differences? Uh, obviously, there's there's some differences. Questions, yep. number of questions. What, what's the difference going to be once we are in a CBT world versus our pencil and paper world? Some great questions. So we'll start with the breadth. So for the breadth, again, it's going to look a lot like the existing AM multiple choice with a few exceptions, the differences that you're talking about. The breadth section, because it's going to stand on its own now, it has to be scored on its own. There is no use of the PM in any way, no hybrid conjunctive scoring here. It'll be 45 scored items, whereas now it's currently 40, and 10 pretest items. 45, it went up to 45 because one of the things that we have to do the exams have to be reliable, okay? And that's not just a term we throw out there. That is actually a mathematical measure that our exams undergo. And so when the psychometricians looked at our exam, and now that it's going to stand, this section is going to stand on its own, 45 items will give it added reliability now that it's going to stand on its own. 45 scored items, meaning they will count towards the candidate's result. 10 pretest items. We administer pretest items, not just for this exam, but all of our exams. 10 pretest items allows us to build the bank with additional items by having candidate performance measured and getting real data back as to how those items performed. Because in a CBT environment, we only deliver items to candidates with known statistics. We give the pretest items in order to get those statistics 
so that they could be used on future exams. So the breadths will have 45 scored items, 10 pretest items for a total of 55 items, and the exam will now be five and a half hours long. Whereas today, if you were to compare it to the AM portion, it would be 40 items and four hours. So currently, the depths, building and bridges, are essay questions for vertical and lateral. Building has four, vertical and lateral. Bridges has three, vertical and lateral. All essay questions, all scored manually based on rubrics that are set. So despite our best intentions, there may be some subjectivity in there, but we do our best to remove it. The new CBT format will have what we call scenarios for both vertical and lateral, building and bridges. The depth section for each component will be five hours long, each with five scenarios. Each scenario will have a set of 12 questions. Four of the five scenarios will have 10 operational items. Those are items that will be scored. And then two pretest items, items that won't be scored. But again, just like in the breadth portion, will go towards building the bank, getting statistics for items that can be used on future exams. The fifth scenario will be entirely a pretest scenario where all 12 questions or items will be pretest. So when you look at a depth section for both building and bridges, for both vertical and lateral, it will have a total of 60 questions. 40 will be operational, scored, counting towards your result, and 20 will be pretest questions, unscored, won't count towards your results. Great. I don't know if our listening audience has ever really heard me or any of the other podcast guests we uh, have had before, but NCWS really th thrives and lives on a lot of volunteers that come in and help a lot. So you can't, uh, can't imagine the time and efforts that our volunteers give to, to the exam process. And we are, we are always grateful to that. Absolutely. During our meetings, in order to uh, develop our exams, I have seen tremendous commitment not just with this exam, but with all of our exams. That, that is the absolute truth, that they are tremendously committed and we could not do it without them. So I, I certainly appreciate everything that they do in and out of the office, helping us develop our exams and especially their help with the transitioning of this PE structural exam. Okay, Jason, anything else that you'd like to share in terms of the structural exam uh, transition? I would just like to, to um, encourage everyone to keep an open mind. Um, I know that the structural exam, it's always been different from the other exams because of the essay portion. Once everything else was converted to objectively scored exams and it remained essay. And now once again, it's going to um, be different in that we offer scenarios, um, whereas other exams do not. Thank you, Jason, for joining us on the podcast today, and thank you to all of our listeners out there. We hope you found this examination update helpful. If you can, please take a minute to leave us a review. This simple action can help others like yourself find and share this podcast.